How about this fucking team right here? Dustin Brown, short-handed for LA. Score! Here is Goligoski. He gets leveled at the blue line by Dowdy. Food for it, cheer for uh, Kind of like it. Richard throws it in front. Carlos scores! Well done, boy. There's some swagger. Push come to shove. We're going to get it done. This is for you, Kings fans, wherever you may be. Actually, since I decided I'm not doing intros anymore, let's just start this. <laughs> <laughs> Hi, everyone. Hi. It's been two weeks, but we are back now and actually together for the first time in a while. Yay. Um, Diane went to Tippeking today. It was horror amazing <laughs> because I get a lot of anxiety just in general, but even more so meeting people that whose work I respect. Uh, and so that was, it was only made possible thanks to Bud Light. <laughs> thanks, Bud Light. Good friend, Bud Light. Thanks, Bud Light. Yeah. <laughs> but I did get a picture with Robin Regeer, so it's all yeah. worth it. <laughs> yes. And some other folk, but the Robin Regeer thing was what, that's what really matters. That was the pinnacle. Mm-hmm. Um, and then she, you told me already, but you should tell everybody else about this, about Alec Martinez being sort of the most engaging and conversational of everyone. Oh, yeah. So, obviously, this was after the game that we will talk about uh, against Nashville. Mm-hmm. And, I mean, they played, played, what, 18 seconds of overtime and, like, the full game and whatever, but everyone's sitting around. You know, you go up, you get an autograph, you get a picture, and most everyone's just like, hi, okay, cool, sign a, sign a thing, take a picture, and then you're on your way. But, like, Alec Martinez, like, joking around, having conversation, <laughs> super personable, super engaging. What a charmer. I so adored him. <laughs> He's so cute. I, I definitely walked out of that line with, like, my hand to my heart, just like, oh, Alec Martinez, what a treat. Um, very I mean, cute. I mean, I feel like... I mean, clearly he just seems to be, like, a dude who's very charming and personable anyway. Yeah. But I also feel like of the kings, he has to be still feeling kind of the best lately. <laughs> because he spent a while, like, being scratched all the time and not really getting very much attention. And now, like, I mean, people always liked him a lot, but now, like, King's fandom loves Alec Martinez. And everyone knows him regardless just because he scored those two right, overtime yeah. goals. So it's... He's like he's in the big leagues now. Like his line was out the door. He has uh, made it. But he's still so like happy and he was I mean, he was just he knew what he was there for. Mm-hmm. And that's to, you know, engage with the fans and he did that without being like surly or like, right, yeah. you know, closed off or whatever. And like I understand they just played a game. I think it's silly too that it happens right after a game. Like they don't play for another four days now. Like yeah. put it there. Another yeah. Um but yeah, he was really, really great. Although I did see him at the beginning of the night, so maybe later he was a crazy he was person. Over. But <laughs> <laughs> I need to have some food. <laughs> did they have time to really eat anything? I wonder. I mean, it wasn't that long. I after. didn't see anyone eat anything except for Mike Richards, who definitely had a pile of candy on his table. Yes. Um, but everyone just seemed to have coffee and gum, including gummy bears for Mike Richards. I don't know. Oh, I don't know. I, although the he had a bag of candy that you get at like the VIP reception area, and they did have gummy bears at that place. Nice. So I'm assuming it was just full of gummy bears. You saw and like grabbed two. <laughs> oh, it's a fill your own bag. So That's that amazing. bag was like not very full by the time I saw him. It was probably to the brim. 
I, when he first got it. I'm obsessed with Mike Richards wanting candy all the time. Wanting sweets, just always. <laughs> he can't help it. There are cupcakes. I did not see Tyler Toffoli with any cupcakes. Oh, maybe that's why he he was a he little was, tired at the end of the day. He was a little grumpy. <laughs> He's like, Just I see these bit. treats. I haven't been able to have any of them. It's horrible. Yeah, I felt bad because obviously they're just drinking coffee and what have you. And I'm like walking around, like twirling my beer places. I'm like, sorry, guys. Don't mean to rub it in. How long were you there? It seemed like way forever. longer than I thought it lasted. Like, I was thinking, it's like an hour and a half of a thing. But it seemed longer than that. Uh, it was until 7.30 and I was probably there at 4.30. Oh, yeah, that's a while. Yeah, it's a while. It's a long while. <laughs> that's a while. But that's, I mean, but that's cool, though, like, to go and, like, meet those people. I can't imagine, I've said this before, like, I can't imagine being around any of them in a situation where I actually have to say words to them because I spent so much time making fun of them. <laughs> Which is why I very much appreciated, like, no lie, that some people did not want to talk. Nice. I was like, that's okay with me. <laughs> like, I'm saying now that they were kind of, like, so, like didn't really interact or engage with anyone. I'm like, that's fine. Right, I was like, right. hi. Can you sign this for me? I did. I said nothing complimentary, <laughs> nothing about their game, nothing about like they were my favorite player. I was just like, "Hi, sign this, take a picture," and then I like ran. <laughs> Peace. <laughs> Get out of Dodge. I should have printed out the Trevor Lewis tweet that oh he had God. to read, like the main <laughs> tweet, and had him sign it. Oh my gosh! That opportunity missed. <laughs> Next time. Next opportunity. <laughs> That's amazing. We're big fans, Trevor Lewis. <laughs> but Robin, your gear, Gramps, fantastic. Yeah. Awesome. He was a cool dude. Awesome. Also, Matt Green. Props to Matt Green, who uh, I saw him at the very end of this little shindig, and he was great. Matt Green is low-key, like, the funniest LA King. Oh, 100%. <laughs> very... He's very, like, dry and sarcastic, and yeah. Yeah. Yeah, but he's cool, and I feel like it doesn't get talked about enough, which is actually what led me to, as people saw on Twitter, like, the other night, I was thinking about Parks and Rec, <laughs> and decided that of the Kings, he was the Ron Swanson, and so I started putting Ron Swanson quotes on my green pictures, <laughs> just to have some fun, so. Can I just say that, obviously this is not true, but now I'm thinking of Mike Richards as uh Rob Lowe's character. I don't know. Just because he's in literally the best shape of his life. <laughs> oh my god. Chris Traeger. I don't know why I'm so allowed to remember that. Um yeah, so that's <laughs> that what I'm thinking right now. Is amazing. <laughs> since since Martin Jones said that uh he would accept Tanner Pearson's like I guess Game of Thrones I really like. Yeah, he's yeah. now Adam Scott. Ben Wyatt. I know the actor's name before I know the, uh, the character's name. Ben Wyatt. I can't imagine Mike Richards being as upbeat as Chris Traeger. <laughs> no, never. But at the same time, I still can't imagine him having conversations sort of like that. Where Because I just think about like the interviews or whatever, especially when you ask him about other players and he has a lot of opinions about <laughs> them. <laughs> he would be very particular about things. Oh, yeah. That's pretty good. Although, speaking of Mike Richards, he has had two assists in the last two games. So it feels like... Not that he's been terrible on the ice or whatever, but he has been very quiet, it seems like, on the Kings. Um, so it's cool to see like things go right for him a little bit more and get some point production out of him. It, it's kind of like the whole deal with Trevor Lewis, too. You always see like the small things that he does, and mm-hmm. you know, at, at least the broadcasters, too, are always like lauding, or lauding them for, at least when Trevor Lewis was doing this, um, 
all of like the little things he does, whether or not it actually translates to points on the board. Yeah. And so that's kind of been what Mike Richards has been waffling in right now is that he's been doing he's been doing pretty well like making plays happen, but hasn't actually gotten any points. Mm-hmm. So it's nice that it's you know numbers are coming for him now. Yeah, picking up for him a little bit. He had um, assists, I think, on Dwight King goals both times, right? That sounds right. Let's pretend it is. I think it's right. So, um, good for him. Um, and also good for Dwight King to suddenly be producing goals. He's had three goals in the last two games. <laughs> what a time to be alive for Dwight <laughs> King. Although, like, I was trying to compare what the, skin- the, the Kings scoring is now to at this time last season. And at this time last season, Dwight King already had 10 goals. Because Dwight King was having quite a time last season. But also at this time last season, Trevor Lewis had no goals. Yeah, he had one point. One lonely assist. And then he might have been, I'd have to look it up to know for sure, but then he went on IR for nothing that anybody could point out. And and we all made fun of him having hands of stone, and that's why he was on. (laughs) But he is actually doing really well. Right now, we've talked about it a little bit with like the shooting and stuff, but it's translating into um, goals and some assists, and that's pretty cool. Like, I think Trevor Lewis has, I think the other day, I don't know what it would be now, but the other day, somebody mentioned that he was like on pace for like 15 goals or something. I would, oh my gosh, all I all I want is double digits. That would be He just insane. needs four more, but if he gets 15, <sighs> just hit 10. Just, just, uh, just hit 10. <laughs> hit I will 10. throw a legitimate party. <laughs> oh yeah! I will come over and make uh, <laughs> snacks for us while we watch all of Trevor's, Trevor Lewis's goals. That would be wonderful, actually. <laughs> I'll make Trevor that. Lewis related uh, treats, <laughs> and then yeah, yeah. that'll happen. That's I would love to see that happen. I'm like at least get to ten, and then if you don't get any more, then just pass to Tyler Toffoli if you keep ending up on lines with him. Yeah, <laughs> but at least hit the ten spot, and that would be awesome. And like. I think the cool thing about Trevor Lewis is that it's not like, like the shooting percentage for him is way above his um, career numbers, but what is good about him shooting more is that it's not just like he is individually just insanely performing well. He's had better teammates, like he's been on better lines lately. Um, like most recently, he's been with Tanner Pearson, Tyler Foley some, Tyler Toffoli some. He was with Andre Kopitar and Marion Gabrick for a little bit. Oh yeah, so, first line. <laughs> yeah, like he's been on, like with better guys, but he's been like capitalizing while he's in those situations. So I think that is cool because even if his individual numbers aren't sustainable, it's good to see that he can keep up with these guys who are supposed to be like the top six players when he's been a depth guy for so much of his career. And he's versatile since it's not only like one line that works with him because obviously he only gets up there when Daryl Sutter is just like mixing things up. But yeah. I guess put Trevor Lewis in any, in any situation, he'll make something happen. He can make it happen. Trevor Lewis, the Swiss Army knife of the LA Kings. Uh, oh, so in the Kings have played four games, though, since last we spoke. Not a lot of winning. <laughs> but they picked up more points than maybe it seemed like they would at first in yes. those games. Um, they lost 2-1 to Calgary. They lost 3-2 to Edmonton in the shootout. They won against Vancouver thanks to some late goals. <laughs> and then they lost to Nashville today in overtime. But it feels like a win. Yeah. <laughs> it I'm feels totally like a win. Happy with the it. best loss I've ever experienced in my entire life. The short road trip they went on was frustrating. Not entirely surprising because I feel like with the way the things have gone for them on the road, people are kind of like, well, that's just how the the results are. 
only surprising in the way that in a lot of those games, they had a lot more shot attempts and whatnot, but weren't able to score despite, you know, when they were at home just before we went on that road trip, they were scoring a lot of goals, but they were also allowing more goals. So it's been a weird time for the Kings in terms of goals scored and goals against. But um, I don't, yeah, but overall, I think it's good that they pulled out the win with against Vancouver. They got the two late goals, which is crazy. And then today yeah. when they score three goals I was telling Chanel I was like I I was listening to it on the radio and I thought for sure because I was kind of zoning out as I as I was driving just like did did my radio feed just like they were just <laughs> yeah. done with it and they just started playing like a highlights package because goals kept coming and I did not expect them at all yeah. so that was kind of phenomenal yeah and I by that time I still had the game on but I was only sort of half paying attention because like a normal person <laughs> like the broadcasters like everybody was sort of thinking well it's gonna end 6-3 cool like maybe they'll get another one yeah. if they pull the goal center or whatever but then they get it to 6-4 and it's like oh that's nice like I thought it was really rad that like people they in Staples Center yeah. or, like, or, it's great yeah cool. people, people in like, Staples were excited still I was like way to be like so <laughs> into it in the middle of the afternoon in this game that they're gonna lose and then it was 6-5 and I was like well that's pretty cool and then everyone was standing and then it was 6-6 which I 100 okay we always mention Jim Fox everyone go listen or go watch Jeff Carter's goal to tie it up and listen to Jim Fox after Jeff Carter scores it it's crazy. It's full bias. <laughs> uh, it's just yelling. What's cool, at least about it, is that it seemed like he managed to remember to pull his mic back, like pull away from the mic yeah. just slightly, but he's still just... Because it's definitely been louder, where he's <laughs> yeah. just yelled right into We're the just mic. full yell of excitement. <laughs> 11 goals scored in the game. Kings pull the goalie again with less than a minute to go. Kings with it. Doughty drives it into the zone and into the corner. Kings try to send it toward the net, broken up there. The net is open at the Kings end of the ice and the puck sent all the way down, no icing here. Back up to center ice. Puck fired up high and down into the Nashville zone, picked up by Kopitar. Kopitar, now to Carter, Carter scores! And the Kings have tied the game at six to six. And then, like, on that goal, the Jeff Carter goal. Well, actually, first, all of the goals. With the 6-4 one, because they're still down, nobody looks happy. Like, Dwight King scores a goal, everybody looks <laughs> No pissed. one is smiling. <laughs> yeah. No one's stoked. And then, same thing, 6-5. No real excitement from the Kings, even though fans are cheering and stuff. Just kind of like, all right, 6-5. And then... Finally, when they tie it, Jeff Carter, like, smacks the ice with his stick. He's not really smiling. And he doesn't even seem to try to start to smile until everybody else comes to him. Like, yo, this is exciting. We have tied this game. He was just kind of like, yes, finally. And then just, like, hits the, uh... That's happened... I think we've talked about this before. Like, when they scored a tying goal or something like that. Uh, I think Gabrick or someone might have scored it. And he, once again, just smacks his uh, stick on the ice. I think that's just like a common thing. I'm going to need to find a song to do a super cut of Jeff Carter smacking his uh, stick on the ice. It was really funny to me just of all of the reactions you could have had to tying this game. Um, And of course then they lose it really quickly in overtime but still that comeback 
at the end of regulation Richard. was so fun. For I was a like, regular season game. Yeah, which you don't expect with the Kings. I think I tweeted this several weeks ago, but it's still true. During the playoffs, the Kings go down a couple goals. I'm like, whatever, they're coming back. I just know they are. In regular season, they go down a couple goals. I'm like, they're getting shut out. (laughs) (laughs) I think it helps that I think the first playoff game that we went to was that one against the Blues where they went were down two and Mm -hmm. then came back to win it. Mm -hmm. And we're like, they can do anything. (laughs) It's fine. Yeah. So so that was really exciting to see. Um, But then on the flip side. You know, I said to Diane earlier, like, you have to think, like, even the fans are stoked. The players have to be so frustrated because they allowed seven goals. It's like, way to start playing at two minutes right. until the end yeah, of the thanks, game. thanks, guys. Thanks. Okay. Yeah, but, I mean, I don't know. It happens. Hopefully this is not a thing that we will see a lot of. Although I feel like recently, particularly because their penalty kill has been kind of a mess lately, um, they've been allowing a little more goals than usual, and it's knocked them down to 10th best in terms of goals against in the league, which is still not as bad as it could be, but nowhere close enough to how they finished last season at Turning number straight, one. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So they need to clean it up. And I think um, getting their penalty kill together would be like a great initial boost to sort of help that happen. But then you know that something else is going to fail. The, they'll stop scoring on the power play, probably. Yeah, probably. <laughs> because that's the other thing, is that in the last few games, their power play has been, awesome. as everybody has said, red hot. <laughs> on fire. <laughs> so many adjectives and descriptors I'm not used to about the Kings power play. You guys are talking about what now? The, the... power play? It's oh, when they have the for, main for advantage. Who? Pittsburgh, right? <laughs> yeah. Yeah, the Penguins. The Penguins. That must. That, if you're talking about a red hot power play, it must be the Penguins. <laughs> No, 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 you're talking about the Kings? It's the Kings, actually, when they have extra people on the ice. No, 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 no. They score shorthanded. Well, (laughs) (laughs) it's been very weird and very strange um, that it's just been, I don't know, stuff has just been going in. And a part of that, actually, what really got it started, let's not or let's be realistic here, was Marion Gabrick. Like, mm-hmm. at first, it was like, the Kings have scored in their last six power plays, and four of the goals were from Marion Gabrick. So. D- two in one game. <laughs> yeah. So, but now it's not just him, and it seems to be they're still scoring with some regularity on the power play, so that's really great. Let's keep that up as well. But also, can we get back to not allowing very many goals on the penalty kill? Please. Oh, I haven't said already, so just pause and say it, their record. They've played 40 games. So their next game will be officially halfway through their season. Um, their record right now is 19-12-9. and nine. They are they were second in the Pacific, but uh, Vancouver played after them today and now tied the Kings in points, but they have more actual um, regulation wins, regulation or overtime wins. So the Kings got dropped down to third in the Pacific Division, which is still fine because if they manage to at some point again figure out how to put together a few wins in a row, they will be in a good position. Um, right now, like their their record for the last 10 is 4-2-4. Four, four. So they've at least been picking points up in overtime losses or shootout losses, but they need to win more and get those extra points to really um, create, hopefully create some separation between them and other teams. But it, it could be a lot worse. You know, they could be out of the playoff picture and they are still in it. Look at us so optimistic. It could be worse. It could be. It's true. So much worse. Um, Points leader tied, actually, because Andrzej Kopitar has suddenly woken up. 
and just like grabbed a bunch of points in the last few games. And he is also the King's uh, Player of the Month for mm-hmm. the month of December. Mm-hmm. Uh, rightly so, because he, another person that has been red hot. Kopitar is kind of, you notice when he's not playing his best because he's not getting points or whatever. But when he's on, like when he first started getting points, I noticed. And now at this point, I'm like, how does he have 29 points? Where did he pick them up from? <laughs> when did that happen? <laughs> yeah. Where did I they remember come from? some of them, but not <laughs> yeah. all 29 of them. And that's how I feel like it's been every season with Kopitar. Just somehow he is grabbing assists constantly. So um, he has eight goals and 21 assists. Where? <laughs> when? He's assisted on every goal, apparently. <laughs> Kopitar with an assist. Um, and he is tied, though, in points with Jeff Carter, who also has 29, 11 goals, and 18 assists. Kopitar, obviously, we just mentioned, player of December. He has been amazing lately. He had a crazy good game against the Predators today. But I would like to take a moment to talk about how great Jeff Carter is. Oh, I am always down to talk about so this. So good. Let's like, sometimes this. I just stop and think about the fact that, like, because, okay. The Kings, a very defensive system, right? And a lot of players come into the system and it takes a while for them to score. Like Marion Gabrick has just now found his goal scoring prowess. Even when Jeff Carter, when he first came in, he wasn't scoring crazy goals right away. But I feel like in this system, he's so much fun to watch because not only has he upped his defensive game a lot, which I kind of think was a little bit underrated before he got to LA anyway. Um, but he's still managing to be a guy who scores all the time and has become this like great or consistent offensive threat for the Kings. And, it's, and I'm just like, it's crazy to me that the LA Kings have Andre Kopitar and Jeff Carter on the same team. And it's awesome trying to, or it's awesome watching them make plays or yeah. try to make plays and mm-hmm. how speedy they are and how smart they are about passing or like when to be in certain places and things like that. Um it's great fun mm-hmm. to watch. I also just like watching Jeff Carter skate. Um, this is just like stylistically. Yeah, yeah. He's a very good skater. Diane knows way more about skating than me because reminder that she actually spent a number of years skating. <laughs> Figure skating. So if I think you have artistic skating, I, I have uh, like background in that. Sidebar to talk about just for a second. I was watching the World Juniors and in... One of the games, Jack Eichel had a wraparound goal, and he almost managed that, like, the really nice... The little spready goal? Yeah. Nice. I was like, good job. <laughs> nice job. It wasn't perfect, but it was pretty close. It wasn't the, the Jeff Skinner right, wraparound yeah. <laughs> where he did that, because he was a figure skater. <laughs> but he got pretty close, and I think was part of what allowed him to make that happen. Nice. So, nice work. That's the kind of stuff I noticed now. <laughs> but yeah, like, he's a great skater. He... A, a kind of similar to Kopitar, but a little different, actually. Kopitar made it just to make the game look like it slows way down for mm-hmm. him. Like, Andre Kopitar, I wouldn't actually describe as a super fast person, but I don't know if that's fair because he gets across the ice all the time. But I think it's just because optically, like, it just he just makes it seem like everything goes at his own pace. Yeah, well, once that puck is on his stick, yeah. he controls what's happening. Right. And, like, he'll take a second and everything kind of goes as planned. Mm -hmm. 
Whereas um, I noticed the speed of like Jeff Carter a little more, and I noticed the speed of someone like Tanner Pearson. I noticed the speed of Marion Gabrick. Marion Gabrick gets so low when he skates from one end of the ice to the other. It's kind of intense. Just even when like the few times I've gone to practice this season, and I, they take some time to do some skating drills like really quickly just to make sure everybody's legs are going, he'll like get really low and just kind of like bullet across the ice. And I'm like, all right, do you, Marion Gabrick? Well done. <laughs> a low crouch and hustle to the other <laughs> yeah. end. Go for it. To park himself right in front of the goalie, where he usually yeah, is. where he scored all his goals from. All of his, pretty much <laughs> all of his goals, except for, like, two, were scored from, like, on the right side of the goalie. Yeah. Kopitar and Carter, very close to breaking the 30-point mark for the season already. Um, Kopitar, a little behind his production of last season after 40 games he had i think 33 or 34 points so but the way he's going now that he seems to be fully awake it won't be that long before he gets there (laughs) Um, i like that you call it fully awake (laughs) well that's like he's like like sleeping beauty and is sort of like half awoken (laughs) um that's sort of what it feels like because it's like when he was on the ice before he wasn't very often like a liability he just wasn't himself yeah, that's um, true. So now now he's on his game. It's awesome. Goal leaders, uh, Gabrick, because again, he has picked up crazy goals. He's picked up eight goals in his last nine games and 12 points total, which is insane. The only game that he has played for, because he was also out for one game, sick. Um, so the only game of those last nine games where he played was Vancouver. He didn't pick up any points there. But otherwise... Mary Gabrick's playing, he's picking up a point. <laughs> so, okay. Um, and has now tied Tyler Toffoli, or I guess had first passed Tyler Toffoli, and now Toffoli has tied him, they both have 12 goals. Pretty good. In a pretty good spot. I think what I like about the Kings' goal scoring at this point in the season is it seems a little more balanced. Like, you have more variety of goal scorers, you have more guys getting assists, like Jake Muzzin picking up assists and whatnot. It's pretty fun for the Kings right now. Yeah, as as much as they were kind of like in a similar position in last season, it was only a few people kind of uh, pulling the team along. Mm-hmm. Um, and now, while a couple of players aren't, you know, far ahead in terms of like the leaderboard, um, yeah, it's definitely more balanced with assists and, and goals and things like that, especially the youngins. Yeah. Or some of the depth players, too. Uh, just, you know, kind of getting their game going a little bit more than in in seasons past Mm -hmm. it's fun to see and i mean i guess it all depends on how january progresses but they also haven't been shut out since like at first they were shut out what three times in their first 10 games Mm -hmm. and but they haven't been shut out i think since they got shut out by buffalo which that's still funny and a mess so they're scoring more and if they again if they can pick up the goal turn around the goals against per game they'll be pretty good but if they don't, we can't be surprised because historically the Kings apparently terrible in December's and January. I guess they hibernate or do something. They're like, it's too cold. We like the count. Like once you get to the the Kings, you're like, I like warm weather. <laughs> yeah. Now that it's quote unquote winter right. in Los Angeles, we're just not going to do stuff. Yeah. Quote unquote. Although I woke up the other day and it was 31 degrees and I was pissed off. (laughs) New Year's. I, New Year's Eve, I spent it outside on a boat and it was 39 degrees. No, why? I hate that so much. I live in California. So I don't don't have to deal with this. (laughs) I was wearing gloves. Why? (laughs) I shouldn't have to own those things here. (laughs) Pretty much. I had like a fur hat on. I had to worry about like, we don't have coat checks here. 
the hell am I going to put my coat? <laughs> yeah, you just have to keep it with you. No. Oh, Silly. Oh, man. Like, yeah, there were, like, freeze warnings. I was like, oh, because it's cold enough that things can freeze? <laughs> this is terrible. I, I think I tweeted out. I was like, I had left uh, an unopened beer on my dining room table, and I just, like, kind of forgot about it. Came home the next day, and I was like, oh, it's here. I should put it in the fridge so I could drink it. And then I touched it, and I was like, wait. <laughs> it's already cold. Opened it. It's, like, freezing. <laughs> Oh, man. Yeah. So as we take a little detour there to discuss the hardships of weather <laughs> in Southern California. Anyone from anywhere else is like, you just shut up. Yeah, you dick. <laughs> um, whatever. Okay. That's not what I live here for. <laughs> and also, it's I was to not be... bred for this. <laughs> right, yeah. I was born and raised in Southern California. It also seems to be affecting the kings because apparently when it gets cold out, they don't know how to win games. It's a historical thing with the kings. Shang Peng from Jewels from the Crown wrote this post because, you know, people talk about it all the time. It feels like once they hit December, they go into a slump. Um, And they did kind of go into a little bit of a scoring slump. And again, like when they were on the road, they didn't score that many goals. But still, if you want to look at like the win and loss records and whatnot for the, the kings, and the way it seems to go historically is they're really good to start the season and they progressively dip until they hit a um, total low, like in... Like critical mass style, <laughs> yeah. like, oh, th- our season is at stake, possibly. Right. <laughs> in January. And then from there, they pick it back up again, and then they're really great in April, historically. So, um, all time in December, their record is 239 to 69-81. And in January, 232 to 83.99. Both losing records. So it's like, it's not all in your head. I would like for this, so far in their games, they've managed to, in the month of January, pick up um, three of four points. Let's see if they can continue to do that kind of thing. They're at home for a little while. They have four days off now to not have to worry about playing a team. And then it is a Stanley Cup final rematch against the... New York Rangers. Who are red hot yeah. <laughs> right now because they have a win streak of, or their last 10 games have been 9-1-0, and so they're uh, they're doing pretty well, and so the Kings are up against a formidable Rangers team. Mm-hmm. But then it's one of those things where, like, even if the Kings lose, like, I think that's when Raise Staples Center, yeah, <laughs> Staples Center should just shine a light on the, uh, <laughs> the banner again and just, like, put some wind so that it's just, like, blowing right, heavily. Yeah. Well, or, I mean, some, or someone should just be like, oh, whoops, it fell, and just, like, watch it come tumbling right. down to the ice <laughs> in some sort of, like, you know, stadium mishap oh, or whatever. Man. So far, in the first um, rematches between teams they played in the playoffs, they've lost. So if they lose this, it will not be very shocking. Yep. But I would like them to win it because they need more points. Yes, that's true, too. And they've been pretty good at home. Mm-hmm. Winning... 15. 14 or 15. 14 I think 14, actually. It 14. would have been 15 if they had won today. Okay. Um, so I think they have now, because of that loss, uh, the fourth best home record in the league. I think Tampa and Pittsburgh are number one. All right. So, okay, if you're just going by wins at home, they are tied for second place. But in terms of, like, total points earned, um, they are fourth uh, with a record of 14, 4, and 3. So now so, they have, what, like seven games at home yeah, to try to rack so. up as many points as they can mm-hmm. uh, since they have not been doing very well on the road. 
uh, winning only five yeah. out of the uh, ten games that they've played. Yeah, their road record is 24th, <laughs> so pretty big difference. Not the worst. Not the worst. <laughs> yeah, true. But the teams who have worse records than them are teams that are bad. So, you mean like the Oilers who yeah. haven't hit the double digits yet? Oh, man. We'll talk about them in a minute. <laughs> <laughs> they deserve their own section. It's a rough time for the Oilers. But, as always with the Kings, because you can never have too many bad things without being able to look at something and being like, but damn, they're doing pretty well. In the month of December, despite their weird-ass record where they won games they probably... Uh, or where they lost games they probably should have won and stuff. In December, like, remember all those articles in early November that were like, what's wrong with the Kings? They are not good at possession anymore, and they were getting outplayed, and they were only winning because, like, Jonathan Quick was having great games or whatever. First of all, now their goaltenders need to get shit together. They're slipping a little bit. But also, in the month of December, so I don't know why I wrote 21 games. That's not true. The Kings played... (laughs) 21 games in the month of December. The Kings played... 14 games in December, and their score-adjusted Corsi, all situations, is 60.4%, which is... Which is crazy high. First, first place, like, not even close. Like, the second best team, like, under the same circumstances, I believe was Tampa Bay, um, and they had 56%-ish. That's pretty damn good. Yeah. I mean, that sounds like Kings being back to the possession players that they have been known to be. Um, and, f- and if you look at five on five score close, it's still good, and they're still number one uh, w- at fifty seven point three percent. So damn, <laughs> it, like these are the kings that we know. They're good, and I think some things. I mean, I don't I haven't looked at the numbers closely enough to really know if it's true, but my my initial feeling anyway was that I feel like people overestimated how important a player like Slava Voinov was to this lineup, and underestimated the fact that um, Braden McNabb and Jamie McBain both came were still fairly new to the system and both came from bad systems. (laughs) Like, they came from Buffalo. So now that they seem to have settled in a little bit more, there's a little more consistency in their play, too. So it's not like all of a sudden Jamie McBain is a great defenseman and the Kings should sign him for seven years or anything like that. But I think it's kind of a testament to this system being good enough that once everybody's playing together and has some time to get used to you each other. You can put someone in there and it's yeah, gonna work. like you can plug a hole for a while. Yeah. Jamie McBain came back into the lineup and picked up like four points. Yeah, in, scored a couple of goals in two or whatever. Or something. Yeah, it's a big deal. <laughs> whatever, it's fine. He has a shooting percentage of 18-something. <laughs> because you expected that. Yeah, of course. What was it, two goals and 11 shots? Yes. I think is what it, what it yes. is. Yeah. So he's feeling good. The uh, Braden McNabb, though, after having all of that opportunity to stay in the lineup because there just weren't enough defensemen to sit him, finally has sat out a couple of games. He played in the Edmonton game, but he didn't play in the Calgary game right before, and he didn't play today. Sutter kind of mentioned that he was struggling a little bit, but I don't, I don't know. I don't think he was a bad, but fine, whatever. Schultz has been in. He's been. Not he's been fine. <laughs> yeah. Not, I haven't thought about he's him He's not very much. scoring own goals, <laughs> yeah. but he, he's not doing anything drastically helpful. Yeah, the only time I thought about Schultz was in the Edmonton game when I was listening on the radio at one point, and um, because I didn't watch really either of the Calgary games or the Edmonton I game, I just had a feeling it was going to be a hot mess. The Calgary one I watched like part of afterwards because I had to write a recap for it. <laughs> <laughs> 
like the next morning I watched some. <laughs> um, anyway, but so I did listen to part of the Edmonton game on the radio. At one point when they mentioned Schultz, I thought they were talking about the Oilers player. Justin Schultz. <laughs> then I was like, oh yeah, Schultz is back. <laughs> Every time during, I listened to the game on the radio today, the Nashville game, and every time they were like, Jones passes it to someone, like Wilson or something like that. I was like, Joe, what are you getting together? <laughs> yeah. Is this why that you're down? I'm like, oh yeah. They have like a forward that is, or Nashville has a forward that's named Jones. <laughs> Martin Jones with the worst rebound. <laughs> <laughs> Not only did he like let off like a ridiculous rebound, he passed it straight <laughs> to. So, um, I think Martin Jones' same percentage now is 908 and Quicks is 917 after they had both started out really high. Um, and so if they have, like, if both of them have another, say, shutout, those numbers could bounce back up again. But right now, a little bit rough for the goaltenders of the Kings. Because once again, we say that you, you can't have everything at once. So true. Because <laughs> now, now, that, now that Gabrick is, like, blowing it up, now that you know, people are scoring on the power play. Goalies are like, nah. <laughs> Diane had a great theory earlier where she decided <laughs> that in December and January, it turns into like Freaky Friday on the Kings and they're all in each other's bodies and that's why things go wrong. Yeah, so like imagine Kyle Clifford trying to command Anche Kopitar's body. Of course he's not going to score any goals. Yeah. And like we said, the system is good enough that everybody can just like sort of stay afloat. Meanwhile, Mike Richards and <laughs> Andre, Andy Andreoff have switched bodies. And Mike Richards is the one like scoring hat tricks in the AHL being like, I got this shit. Yeah. Um, and Mike Richards in the NHL played by Andy Andreoff is just like, I don't know how to do this. Yeah, it's a rough time. This it's is how really... we make ourselves feel better about the fact <laughs> that the Kings aren't doing well. This totally makes sense. <laughs> Elaborate stories of, because uh, this could totally happen. Yeah. One of those defensemen or something are maybe in the bodies of Jones and Quick, actually. So they kind of know what they're doing because maybe they're... they've played some goalie at some point. Yeah. <laughs> but not really. No. Bad game. No. But hopefully... Things mix up a little bit and everybody gets back to normal sooner rather than later. And they all learn a nice moral. Because <laughs> that's what happens in movies like this. Yeah. <laughs> it's, it's the whole walk a mile, skate, uh, skate for the month of December in someone else's shoes. Right. Then you have a new appreci- appreciation. It also explains why they're so close. They've literally been occupying <laughs> one of their bodies. This is all very logical. <laughs> yeah. Sound analysis from thanks bud to you. We've cracked it. We've explained it. So everybody feel confident now. As soon as they go back to being themselves, things will be okay. You'll, you guys will see. I mean, they historically have a problem. Clearly they are cursed. And this just happens to every incarnation of the king. No matter what. <laughs> Sometimes Wayne Gretzky was Yari Curry. And <laughs> but other than that, <laughs> I think... Aside from this deranged <laughs> side note... I think overall the Kings have been fun to watch. Frustrating to watch at times, but it's good to see them sort of get back to playing their game. And um, sometimes they put up a lot of... They've put up... I, I feel like when the season started, Staples Center was like, three. if this Kings score three goals, you'll get free ice cream, expecting it to be like last season where they rarely score goals. <laughs> They've scored at least three goals pretty frequently at home, at least. Ice cream for everyone. I would like their road record to improve, but if they can only have one or the other, I'm glad, at least in front of their fans, they make a good effort. <laughs> it's yes. exciting. 
and um, hopefully everything evens out and whatnot. I'm excited about watching The King. Ah, I'm still happy about watching them, even though watching them outshoot another team and then losing yeah. does not feel good, but I still like it. On the plus side, the other night we made a graphic related to their losses and have not yet actually been able to use it, so <laughs> that's true. I guess I can't complain too much. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, we were being super pessimistic about why kings lose, why the kings lose, and so we made up this whole thing, and we're like, wow, well, it's going to be one of these, which one should we choose? And they fucking won. Yeah. Way to ruin it. And then you can't talk about this loss, because it was awesome. Yeah, by the end, I was stoked. A point, yes! <laughs> I have never been so excited for a loser yeah. point in my life. I can't, yeah, but see, I can't even call it a loser point. I'm like, no, we're all cool winners. comeback point. Yeah. <laughs> Wonderful job, everyone. There should be like a point and a half. <laughs> yeah. There should be style points. A point and a high five for that game. Yes. Uh, other teams have been making moves. It's not quite the trade deadline, but things are shaking up a little bit. Some records are changing for teams. Teams that were hot, not as hot anymore. Teams that are terrible are still terrible. We mentioned the Edmonton Oilers. <laughs> Speaking of terrible teams. Yes. We noticed earlier that the Oilers have eight total wins eight. in 39 <laughs> games played. They don't have double digits. Eight wins! Six of those were at home. So speaking of like us being happy that the Kings are at least doing well at home, so are the Oilers, <laughs> relatively speaking. Technically. But I, an improvement over last season where they had gone like several games like getting shut out and whatnot. That's true. So. Shut out at home. Yeah, that's, that's true. Progress. Now they're just losing at home. Not necessarily getting shut out, just losing. <laughs> they only had two wins in the month of December and two wins in the month of November. But the December ones are really funny because their two wins in the month of December came against the Sharks and the, and Kings. the Kings. Way to go, California. Thanks. Good job, guys. But it doesn't matter because they're still terrible, and so they have started to trade players, seemingly sort of already giving up on their season. The They traded Arcabello for Derek Roy for some reason, and Arcabello then scored a goal against Kings today, so thanks, Edmonton. Thanks for nothing. First they won in a shootout, and then this. <laughs> uh, but then they also traded David Perron to the Pittsburgh Penguins for Klinkhammer. Is this first name Rob? Yes. Rob Klinkhammer. And another first round pick. <laughs> Why? I mean, a lot of people are like, okay, well, you know, they don't necessarily have to use it. True. It can be used as a bargaining chip for something else, for someone else. <sighs> but I think that's wishful thinking, because yeah. I think they're totally gonna <laughs> scoop up uh, another first round player, and then I have to feel bad for them. Yeah, the thing about... The player, not the Oilers. The thing about imagining that they will use it as a bargaining chip assumes that the Oilers will make good decisions. <laughs> And they really haven't before now. So That assumes strategy. Yeah. So I don't really want to give them that much credit prematurely. And so really I just feel bad because now there are like two players in the first round of the 2015 draft who can look forward to having their careers ruined. Yes. <laughs> How exciting. Um, I loved everyone being like, uh, David Perron is so excited. Did you not see his be- tweet? Yes, I did. <laughs> He was stoked. He is so openly amped <laughs> yeah. about being anywhere but the Oilers. Yeah, even in his initial tweet, he was like really just blatantly like, you know, thanks to the organization, I hope it picks up or like I hope it turns around because <laughs> it's terrible here, was basically the implication. Uh, and then immediately was like, I can't wear number 57, so I'm going to wear this number. Like he was on top of it. Thinking all about it. He's like, yeah, before I wanted to like have a role and like do all this now i just want to win yeah 
<laughs> can't win in a, you can't win in Edmonton. So and, and then he got his goal in, in the first his first game with the Penguins. Although then it turned into a very Oilers like game, and the Penguins lost like five one or something. Yeah. Um. So that's too bad. But overall, it's a better team, and he is probably very excited because now he is playing on a line with Sidney Crosby. Can you imagine that? Like one day, you're an Oiler. <laughs> The next day, you're in a line with Sidney Crosby. How lucky. <laughs> playing playing in the East Coast. Yeah. So uh, what not a bad. Not what bad a for him at all. And that's it's weird because I feel like watching every trade that Edmonton makes or will make from this point forward is sort of like you just feel excitement for the player that manages to get out. <laughs> Congratulations. <laughs> you made it. Freedom. Oh, uh, yeah. I feel like everyone should get a banner and a cake. <laughs> yeah. They survived. It's like the Hunger Games. Yeah. <laughs> oh my god. They're the victor. <laughs> so congratulations to David Perron on his freedom. <laughs> that is so sad. <laughs> it is like the Hunger Games. And it's in Edmonton, so it's like a bleak environment. Yeah, it's rough. Oil country. Ugh. What does that a prison. What? <laughs> I don't like it. We're just sitting we're both sitting here looking off into space, thinking about how terrible Edmonton is. Just dreading it and feeling bad for people. I want good things for Taylor Hall. We say this every time I Me think. Too. Free Taylor Hall. That's the life I lead. Yeah. I want a t shirt that says that. When people in Los Angeles mostly won't know what it means, but <laughs> I will feel strongly about it. And they'll be like, is that like your friend who's in prison? Yes. Yes. It's true. It, that is technically accurate. <laughs> um, so free Taylor Hall. Uh, something like another team that actually things are going right for is the Dallas Stars because they started out with a really bad record and they still have a hill to climb because the Central Division remains probably the most competitive in the mm. league. But they have gained a lot of ground. I think there are now like four or five points back in the standings from the teams who are in like the wild card spots and the top spots, which is great from where they were. They have in their last 10 games, they are 8-2-0, and zero, and they will need to keep that kind of winning up if they want to get back into a playoff spot. It was always kind of strange because uh, both Tyler Sagan and uh, Jamie Benn had been scoring so many goals and, yeah. you know, leading the league in, in goals, you know, whatever it was. And then to realize that the Dallas Stars themselves aren't doing no, so hot. Uh, the same with Voracek and the Flyers. Because mm-hmm. the Flyers, I didn't realize how terrible the Flyers yeah, they're were. they're right pretty now. bad. Yeah. <laughs> pretty bad. With the Stars, what I noticed a couple weeks ago, and I haven't looked again to see how it's progressed, because I was wondering about that. I was like, Tyler Sagan scores constantly. Right. What's up? At the time, though, he was the only player on that team with who had hit or broken the 10-goal mark. And this was only a couple like weeks ago at the most, so just a few games. A lot of guys just hadn't been scoring very much. And I think like it's naive to assume that Tyler Sagan will be sh- have a shooting percentage that high for the entirety of the season. He might, but it's not a guarantee. Uh, like, because when I checked, he was on pace for, like, 60 goals. And I'm like, I'm sorry, you're really good. I don't know if you're Alex Ovechkin. Yeah. So anyway, he might not stay there, but he could. he's very good. He's still very young. So he could have a 40-goal season or something like that, but he can't – he was, like, 26% of that team's offense. Yeah. He can't stay that. And but It's nice to know that he can, like, single-handedly make a team <laughs> right, yeah. mediocre. Well, less than mediocre or something yeah. like that. But, like, single-handedly. Right. I'm going to do the best I that's can. That's commendable. So the good news for the Stars, though, is that those other guys probably weren't going to stay 
that low and it seems like now people are picking up my like sleeper favorite dallas stars player is colton sevier because he has been like a low-key really good possession player despite having despite like not being a top line guy and he wasn't getting points though and like lately i think it's picked up a little bit for him so i like him a lot but yeah it seems like things might turn around for the stars and they might be a threat to the Central Division, which is tough for those other teams because, like, the Jets have been pretty good with the exception the of, Preds? Like, yeah, the Preds have been really good. Surprisingly. Central Division is stacked. Yeah. <laughs> the Blues and the Hawks are always there. Mm-hmm. Really glad the Stars aren't in the Pacific anymore. <laughs> <laughs> glad that the Western Conference, or that the yeah. Pacific Division isn't so competitive. Yeah, I mean, it has its challenges, but it's probably not as stacked as Central is. So I'm quite excited. An interesting thing I noticed from Rob Volman on Twitter today uh, about the Anaheim Ducks, because of course, inexplicably, they always manage to rack up a bunch of regular season points. So he tweeted, Anaheim is 73-30 in regulation time one goal games from 2009-10 to now. That's a win percentage of 708 or 0.708. Um, no one else is over 0.580. That's crazy. For it to be, what, four straight seasons? Right. A little more than, like... To have one goal games that they win. Why? How? And they're not, like, a consistently good possession team or anything like that. So it's, like, amazing that they are able to just, just get enough. <laughs> to beat other teams. Yeah, so I, we were talking about, like, how that would happen because it can't be, like, a singular thing and kind of, like, postulating, well, okay, if they're one goal up, do they immediately go into some sort of, like, weird defense defense yeah. mode? And then, I mean, that's not... it's They're not super offensive during that time, but then they also don't let another goal in. So one goal win for the Ducks. But, like, I, I don't know mm-hmm. how they do manage to do that. So always... Have two goals. Yeah. Ahead of the Ducks. If you're gonna beat it'll the give Ducks, you a better chance. Beat them by a lot. Yes. <laughs> or in overtime, maybe. I don't know what their record is in overtime. Maybe it's not Let's as just good. stick with beat them by a lot. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Game seven, uh, round two all the time. Yes. That's what I want. Yes. <laughs> this is our house. <laughs> Always. Yeah, I want them to win by a lot at the Honda Center mm-hmm. while fans in the Honda Center are chanting the Ducks goalie. Yes. So good to hear. Actually, they should just continue to chant Hiller, even though he's not there anymore. (laughs) Hiller. He was, like, hated. I don't understand. (laughs) I don't... I think he was hated by his coach. Okay. (laughs) I don't know if he was hated by Kings fans. I think Kings fans just like to troll him. Yeah, well, yeah. (laughs) But I think it was egged on by the fact that Bruce Boudreau seemed to not have any faith in Yotis Hiller. And now that Hiller is on the Flames... Mm -hmm. He has beaten the cakes. Yeah, he, he's feeling great now. Thanks. <laughs> Thanks for nothing, Ducks. I, I don't feel like, I don't know if we talked about that game very much. Because I don't want to talk about any of the Flames games because it makes me furious. <laughs> furious. Yeah, they lost my Camilleri, and so you think maybe now the Kings won't have games where they give up late goals to the Flames? No. Why is it always the Flames? <laughs> oh, man. Daryl Sutter should still know things. The Kings are always there when you need them. Anyway, so we won't dwell on that game then. Um, are there any other teams that you want to talk about? Well, we just watched TJ Oshie get a, a hat trick. trick. Yeah. There's a TJ that's doing all right. I like TJ Oshie, actually. I do, too. <laughs> I like calling him Broshi. <laughs> I call him Yoshi lately. <laughs> like, like, but like Yo MTV rap style. Like Yo! Exclamation point. <laughs> she. That's no, he's only eating eggs. I'm sorry. 
That's good, too. <laughs> no, but everyone just, it's Broshi because I never forget he peed in an elevator. True about him. And He's this a is dad a f- now. Adorable baby. <laughs> yeah. He's got a, a very cute baby, dad Baby, your dad peed, peed in, in an elevator. elevator. Um, we should talk about the Winter Classic. I only watched parts oh, yeah. of it. Mm-hmm. But I was very pleased with um, with the Capitals win at oh. home and Troy uh, Brower's late, late oh, game so heroics. Excited. Uh, that was phenomenal because we've all we're still bitter against just the Blackhawks. We've made significant note of the fact <laughs> that I delight in Blackhawks losses. That was amazing. But jokes on us because the Blackhawks are sending five people to oh my God. the <laughs> the All Star game, and also <laughs> yeah. there's and yeah, yeah, and the country of Latvia is sending uh, Gergensen. Yeah. Uh, Which I, th- I find so charming. I, no, I love that. I like, love the that. thing, or, yeah, he, that part is exciting. The Blackhawks thing is not surprising because yeah. their fan base is very active online. I mean, in general, but including online. Um, although, I think I was a little bit surprised because at first, like, P.K. Subban and, like, Carey Price had really good numbers and were among the leaders and whatnot. Of course, Denny Crosby was among that, but Blackhawks... Um, fans managed to push all of those people out. So here is my thing about the All-Star Game. Send every Blackhawk. Send them all. <laughs> Make them play as much as possible. <laughs> Tire them out. Yeah. Give them no rest. Play them in several more Stadium Series games. Just all the time. Yeah. I don't have to watch the All-Star game. I just have to know they're playing in it. <laughs> but the, I feel like that's the thing. It's going to be really exciting for, like, the country of Latvia and yeah. Blackhawks fans. And who who else cares, really? <laughs> um, Apparently it's going to be a Blackhawks yeah. All-Star game. I mean, clearly other fan bases, like, didn't vote enough, so they don't really care. <laughs> I, I'm not going to lie. The second that I realized that I had to make an account... I like paused. Oh, like I, I, I saved it for a different day because I was like, "This is put this, this is too much for me. I, I don't want to do that." A few times, or because I have Game Center, so I already have an account. So I voted a few times, but I mostly kept forgetting. And the only reason I really voted was so I could vote for people who I knew wouldn't necessarily get as many Kings votes, like Jake Musin. <laughs> Literally, that's why I voted in the All Star Game was for Jake, Jake Musin. <laughs> So, yeah. Um, I, yeah, I don't really care. I don't want any Kings players to go. I want them to get rest. I mean, congratulations to any Kings player that does manage to go. I think Marion Gavrick had the most votes, even though he's the one I'm like, definitely do not send Marion Gavrick. He ha- is made of glass. Yeah, he's he very fragile. He could very well get injured. We need him. So do not send him. Just keep him at home. Wrap him in bubble wrap. <laughs> but if any Kings go, exciting times for them. Kopitar has gone before. Quick has gone before. If not, whatever. It's fine. I'm cool. TJ Brennan. Oh, there's another one. He's he's with the Rockford Ice Hogs right now. I think uh, it's Galliardi. I think he might be in the AHL right now, too. Is he? I think. I remember he got sent down at some point. I don't know if he's been called up again. Too many TJs, guys. While she's looking that up, I will say about (laughs) the Winter Classic Epics series, actually, I adore Alex Ovechkin, which I kind of forget because I don't watch the Capitals play regularly or anything, but I feel like he, also Barry Trotz, like Barry Trotz with his son has been amazing in that series, and Ovechkin is very charming and a very likable person, and it comes across in that series a lot. 
The other thing that I had forgotten about Alex Ovechkin is he has two, like, very low back tattoos. <laughs> <laughs> and they're not quite tramp stamps, but it's pretty close. Think about that. <laughs> He's an interesting oh individual. Yeah, Scaliari was put on waivers uh, at the end of yes. November. What I will always remember most about TJ Galliardi is him complaining about Jonathan Quick in the Sharks mm-hmm. King series from the lockout season and talking about how he embellishes. Then it's like, I, no duh. Then I think getting, like, ended up getting, like, called for something. I think immediate, like, the next game after Amazing. he said that was called for, I don't know, like, diving or something oh, like so that. So good. Oh, I need to look that up just to make ourselves happy. <laughs> yeah. So um, thanks, TJ Galliardi, for the memories. <laughs> have fun in the AHL. Here's the thing. Are there any teams, because I have one and it's related to this epic series, are there any okay. teams who you feel like the way that they're portrayed is a kind of different from the, the way they actually seem on the ice. Like in real life, the way that they're portrayed? Or just... In general, like in any way. Oh, like, in any I way. mean, like, like for instance, like the Blackhawks, are, people talk about constantly how they don't hit very much. And I think sometimes that'll get correlated to them being sort of a, not a lesser defensive team, but not as elite as a, a Kings or Bruins team. Yeah. And that's maybe not necessarily true. Um, but so do you, are you feel like there are any teams like that who, who kind of like strike you differently mm. than they are i can't think of any off the top of my head so i was thinking about and i didn't think about this until watching this epic series and they have a game between the capitals and the blue jackets i think it is so the blue jackets right now especially the last couple seasons have been like portrayed because of their social media in a lot of ways as this sort of like very happy fluffy team and also they have like bobrovsky who's a very charming yeah. like person but when you watch their games, like that series against the Penguins in the playoffs mm-hmm. and in the game that's in this epic series, they're kind of, they play kind of like the Blues and like the Kings a little bit, like very hard hitting. They fight a lot more. Yeah. Which is like, actually makes me like them more. Well, because they're always, yeah, you're absolutely right. They're always kind of portrayed, especially because of that, as like the little underdog. Yeah. Yeah. You know, like, oh, they made it to the playoffs. Oh, they won their first game. Like, oh, they're doing so well. But, you know, they can be kind of jerks. Mm-hmm. And uh, I mean, that's true because I also have watched like a literally a, like a seven minute video of uh, Nick. I always forget if it's silent or not. Foligno? Foligno? I Foligno? think it's Okay. I always forget. Nick Foligno hugging Bobrovsky. Yeah. That video so, is amazing. So <laughs> yeah, the video is phenomenal. So uh, you always think of them as like a very happy-go-lucky they shoot their cannon it's like oh fluffy team what a happy place but yeah they're kind of they're kind of i'll throw you into the boards they're a little they play on the edge a little bit they're i i want to say dirty but i don't mean dirty in the like illegal hit way i mean like the way the kings play like they'll try to get away with stuff yeah they'll hit a lot um and obviously as a kings fan i really like watching hockey that's like that i like physical games and whatnot so for me that fluffy team i was like I don't really care about them, dog. I don't care if they win. (laughs) But the way they actually seem to be trying to put together their team on the ice, I'm for it. (laughs) Suddenly, like, the acquisition of Scott Hartnell makes sense. (laughs) (laughs) That's true. (laughs) Yeah, to go from, like, the Flyers to the Blue Jackets, everyone's like, wait, what? And now it's like, meh, This is the identity that they want. I'm down. As long as Jack Johnson never scores, like, a playoff series winner, it's fine. (laughs) I think people are fine. I don't know. Finally realizing terrible he's just not very good jack johnson is. he's not good <laughs> i mean all of the analytics people know but yeah yeah other people not good but yeah i think i think that's really all i have thought about other teams at this point we've now solved our tj question we've talked about the winter classic a little bit 
Um, again, the Kings play the New York Rangers next. And I, I haven't really looked at their schedule much beyond that. So games that we're looking forward to. Games that aren't in the month of December or January is really <laughs> what I'm waiting for. It's just a time thing. Uh, waiting for this to be over. When do I get to see my boy Phil? Ooh, oh, I think this, is now. It this month. Yeah, it's this month. Uh, the 12th. Philip. I'm going to see Phil Castle. I really shouldn't. Oh, but, but look going. at who's also back. No, no more Calgary, <laughs> please. And the Kings keep playing uh, Calgary on Mondays, Ugh. so it's a just like a the t- Mondays. terrible way to start the week. <laughs> just awful. They'll play the Devils, the Ducks, the Sharks again, the Jets. The the Jets and the Kings are always kind of an entertaining game. Weirdly, yeah, weirdly entertaining. Yeah, which is and, like, and like with the Jets actually being like pretty good this season, it'll might be fun because like they so. played them once already and they like killed them, but might be a good one to see actually. Yeah, yeah. Um, and then the Blackhawks on a Wednesday, so we can all just be doing something else that day. Because <laughs> <laughs> the Kings don't know how to win against the Blackhawks in the regular season. It's the 28th of January. So make plans. I was hoping that there's going to be some sort of like holiday that we can <laughs> right. all celebrate. Make a dinner date. Let's with all a go friend. to the movies. Let's all <laughs> go to the movies together. Yeah. <laughs> be brave. That guy or girl that you think you might like. That's and the night. That's the night. Just do it. Uh, yeah, so, I don't know, a good, a month of some pretty good games, with the exception of, like, the New Jersey game, which will probably be a snoozer, and then watch it have, like, ten I don't care about the Devils at all. It is every time. I just do not. I mean, they don't have Rodeur anymore. Who am I gonna laugh at? Who else is on that team? Old guys. Really old guys. (laughs) Some old dudes. If I want to watch old guys play, I'll watch Regeer. True. An old guy can root for. Or Yager, who just got a hat trick. Oh, that's, well. that's the only one. And actually, the last time he played the Kings, I think, was it the last time? I can't remember if they played the home game or the away game first, but he was um, the one that scored like that OT goal to end the game. Mm-hmm. And we saw three-on-three hockey that game, I remember. That's right. And it was very cool. I liked that. That was fun. So, um, yeah. Anyway, mostly mostly good opponents, or at least interesting opponents. Um, I'm looking forward to the thrill returning <laughs> to Staples Center. <laughs> Hopefully better than last time where we went to go see that game and they lost. Yeah, I, they already lost in Toronto this year, so hopefully they just win upsetting. this one. Yeah. <laughs> but other than that, we're uh, glad to be back. We had nice holidays. Um, hopefully everybody else had really good holidays. And back to regular schedule, as far as we know. So we will talk to you guys next week. Until then, take care of yourselves, friends. And, um, oh, let's try to do the spiel really quick. Tickets, because again, they have like seven home games well six more now you can go to our schedule page or buy from ticketmonster.com if you want to follow us on twitter we are at thanksbud which of course is t-h-x-b-u-d or individually i am at chanel berlin and i am at aka diane fan if you want to email us you always can we are chirp at thanksbud.com i think that's all right i believe i don't think i have anything anymore all right so now take care of yourselves we will talk to you next week goodbye friends bye everyone